Joel 2 and 28. Hallelujah. Take me to Joel 2 and 28. Shobar Amanda. To every one of you online, God bless you. We don't have time for the preliminaries and the welcome song and the like. This is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our eyes. If you have never felt the power of God, you should be here. Because this room is radiating with the power of God. This place is pulsating with the anointing of God. There's life-changing experiences happening in, in this room right now. Can somebody just release that praise? next week we will be outside and we will be glorifying God in our church without walls we are going to bring everybody we can find I want about 2,000 people to fill in the Western Beef parking lot and that means you got to get to work that means you got to bring them from the north, south, east and west because we're going to take this same dunamis power that's in the house we're going to take it to the street corner of Babylon Turnpike and Nassau Road and we're going to see the deliverance of God with church without walls is there anybody who knows your assignment is there anybody prepared for your assignment where are my evangelists at here where are my evangelists who's going to do the work of an evangelist Yeah, yeah. We're gonna bring them in. We're gonna dance and we're gonna sing. And then we're gonna see the saving deliverance power of Jesus. Is anybody ready? We're going out into the highways and the hedges. And we're gonna compel men to come. We're not just gonna be a Sunday in-house church. We are gonna evangelize and bring light to the darkness. Do I have any light bearers in this room? Hallelujah. And I'm gonna do something a little strange. Today at three o'clock, we're gonna be out in Amityville. We're gonna be out there in our new church, perfecting new generation. I told you I don't want you to come out. Today I want you to come out. And I want to sanctify that place with the same sanctification this place has. I don't, I don't want you to come to spectate. I want you to come to worship. Hallelujah. I did, I, I, I'm, like a, I'm like a lion today. I'm like a, I am on fire today. I'm on fire today. I got up at four o'clock this morning to catch a plane. To catch a play, I've been I've been ministering all week. Wednesday I preached here. Thursday I preached in Tyler, Texas. Friday I preached in Kansas City, Missouri. Hallelujah! Saturday I, last night I was in Miramar, Florida. Got up at four o'clock this morning and jumped on a plane to come here. And I didn't come here to play no games. <laughs> Jumped on a plane from Kansas City, Missouri. 
at six o'clock in the morning. Flew to Chester, South Carolina, buried my aunt, my last aunt, broken heart but a praising spirit. Jumped on a plane from Charlotte, North Carolina and flew down to Miramar, Florida. Ministered last night until 10.30. Glory to God. After we finished there, ministered in the back rooms. Got on a plane. Sat there praying, God, what are you going to do today? Because I knew that he was about to do something. <laughs> because I started to call and tell you to preach this morning. And I was going to catch a 10 o'clock flight to be here for three. And the Lord said, get up. Because the anointing I put on you is for the people. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. And even though I haven't slept but four hours each night, God gives you more grace. And that power, that anointing that destroys yokes is tangible and transferable. And that anointing has been transferred to you that believe. That's why it's important to obey God. Because when God says, I've got something for the people, your convenience is not important. You've got to learn the sacrifice of praise. Somebody give God a sacrificial offering right now. I'm telling you, and I had no clue, but I came out at 10.30, jumped off the plane, jumped in an Uber, came here and went and dropped my bag off in the room, didn't even stay there to change clothes, came in here and just the Lord said, start praying, because there's going to be a release in the prayer. And this house shall be known as the house of prayer. Did you hear this house? And let me tell some of you naysayers something. Let me tell some of you that are watching and you're naysayers. People said that people would not come back into the house of God. People said after the pandemic that the attendance would wane and that there wouldn't be any more in-house church services with the power and the magnitude post, I don't hear anybody, pre-pandemic. But I've got news for you, this house is 90% full. And, and not just 90% full of people, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm about to run. Let the heathens rage. Let the naysayers speak. But God will show his power. And this house is on fire. Somebody holler fire. This young man's still under the spirit. Holy Ghost still on her. Holy Ghost still over there on her. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. We are in the last days. We are in the time that Joel prophesied about and that Jesus reiterated. We are in a time most unique, a time most desperate, but a time most convenient for the Lord to move. No, 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 hear me. This has been a setup and Satan thinks that he has a foothold because he's finally got into the areas of society that were once, that once were guarded against him. He got into the family, he got into the schools, 
He's got into the churches. And he thinks that he has a victory. But there's a remnant. He can't get to the remnant. Because the remnant is sealed to the day of redemption. <laughs> God. There's a remnant that will not bow their knee to sin. That will not bow their knee to today's culture. That will not bow their knee to the change. That will not bow their knee to the mutation. There is a Holy Ghost filled, sanctified, righteous remnant. If I'm talking about you, praise it. There's a remnant that refuses to believe that God's changed. God has not changed. Y'all don't hear me. He's immutable. Thank you. He's immutable. God does not change. But see, my God is progressive. No, 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 no. It's just that you slow. You're catching up with him. He's not catching up with time. Time is catching up with him. Did y'all hear me? Listen to all these different minds and thinkers. You know, God is progressive. My God is progressive. Then that's because your God is not God. Because if your God is progressive, that means your God is trying to catch up. But our God is in time. He's on time. Y'all don't hear me. He's outside of time. He controls time. You don't catch up. I don't hear anybody here. This is our God. And we were born for this time, believers. God strategically put us in this time. We weren't just a clandestine meeting of our mothers and fathers. God strategized our entrance. Y'all not hearing me. God purposely held back the seed until the proper time because we are end time saints and I, only a few people that's it only takes a remnant we are the end time saints we are seeing the prophetic utterances fulfilled before our eyes and the one thing that we are on the cusp of right now is what Joel spoke about, Daniel, is what Joel spoke about. Joel said, and it shall come to pass. Joel 2 and 28 says, and it shall come to pass. Hallelujah. And it shall come to pass that afterwards, Jesus said in the last days, that in the last days, that I will pour out my spirit. That's what's happening right now. Some people would look at this and say, that's just so emotional, that's just so unnecessary. You know, blessed quietness, holy quietness. But there's an explosion that must be met with a greater explosion. There is an explosion of immorality. There is an explosion of wickedness. There is an explosion that's going on in this world today. Hallelujah. An explosion of wickedness in politics. And there's an explosion. I mean, you're watching all of nature convulse. You're seeing fires that have taken over the globe. You're seeing that weather that's changed. And there's a heat wave come that's, that, that's absolutely circled the entire earth. We're watching these things happen. Some of them man-made Pay attention to some of those satellites that are up there. Over 5,000 satellites circling the globe, radiating. I pass it, that's a conspiracy theory. Pay attention. There's a lot that's going on in this age. Hallelujah. In this age where the enemy has focused his attention and sickness has hit the elders. Hallelujah. 
sickness has hit the elders while a change in gender and generations have hit the youth and we are seeing this this anomaly this 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 this, this confusion this conundrum taking place all across the country and around the world and this is not but this and this is the time of the remnant and this is the time we've been called for and this is the time that we were saved for this is the time that we were taken out of sin for hallelujah because if it had not been for the Lord on our side we would have been in that circle and cycle too but God delivered us to deliver others I don't hear anybody so how many of you were delivered from sin that's every one of us and we were saved on time in time for this time and this is the time of the remnant because with all this darkness and all of this 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 evil focus on changing the culture of our children there's something happening quietly but powerfully in our youth there's a new Jesus surge y'all are missing this there's a new Jesus surge we saw it happen in the 70s we called it the Jesus movement. There's a new Jesus surge. We saw it happen in the 90s when you saw all the young people flocking to the hill songs and singing and worshiping and praising. There's a new change here. There's an outpouring of his spirit on these very young people that the enemy has put his focus on. I wish I had some help here. I wish I had some help here. Joel said, and it shall come to pass that afterwards. God told Joel, he said, it's going to come to pass, Joel. Write this down. Because they're going to rehearse it until it happens. For hundreds of years, they're going to rehearse it. For thousands of years, they're going to rehearse it until it happens. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, there's an emphasis on all because religion had the propensity and the problematic practice of isolating the move of God to men. Not a woman in here said amen. It was a male-dominated kind of move because of the culture of the day. Amen. And the women did not have a place in it. Not according to religion. But God always interrupted that. When religion said that, 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 that women had to remain silent, God called on a whore. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm about to get in trouble. God called on a whore to set the stage for the Messiah. He called on a local teenage prostitute to set the stage for Jesus to come. Her name was Rahab. I don't hear anybody. Rahab was in a town called Jericho. And God had to use a prostitute because through the line of Rahab came David. And through the line of David came Jesus. God always interrupted religion. God always took the time to set things straight that religion bent. I don't hear anybody here. Oh, y'all gonna make me teach today. Hallelujah. God always interrupted the cycle of men's interpretation of who they thought God is. Hallelujah. And he said this purposely. I will pour out my spirit on 
all flesh. All flesh. That included women. That included children. That included black, white, yellow, brown, and red. There is no black church. I'll say it again, there is no black church. There is no Hispanic church. There is no Korean church. There is no white church. There's only one church. And that's the church of God in Christ. And I'm not talking about the denomination. I'm talking about the church that came through Jesus Christ. Anybody here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will pour out my spirit in the last day upon all flesh. There will be no boundaries. There will be no limitation. There will be nothing that separates. My spirit will saturate all that believe. All that believe. And then he said, let me go straight to the point. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. That word prophecy means to foretell as well as foretell. We think prophecy is only that which prognosticates the future. But it's also those that stand and declare. Hallelujah. Your sons and your daughters will declare the gospel. That's weak. That's weak. For those of you older saints, that's weak. Because we are living proof that that's the truth. Because us elders, we had the Holy Ghost poured out on us when we were kids. Your sons and daughters will preach, teach, prophesy. Your sons and daughters will go where you can't go anymore. Your sons and your daughters will sit in the classroom. And when they start talking about non-binary, your sons and daughters will raise their hands and say, that's not true. If we're going to speak, let's all speak together. Don't just tell your side. Let me tell you our side. That's not true, professor. That's not true, teacher. Because God made male and female. Oh, we are not ashamed. We are not. Your children will be able to go into the place where you can't go. Hallelujah. For six and seven hours a day, your children are barraged and bombarded with different thought that goes past academics. Hallelujah. And your sons and daughters will rise up in school and declare, I am a he because I am a male. I am a she because I am a biological female. I had to add that in there. I was born a female and I will die a female. I don't hear anybody here. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your sons and daughters will go to the courtyard and go to the marketplace and stand on the school grounds and declare the love of Jesus Christ. Your sons and daughters will be different. Your sons and daughters will not participate in drinking. Your sons and daughters will not participate in marijuana. Your sons and daughters will not participate in fentanyl. Your sons and daughters will not participate in sexual activities. Your sons and daughters will be holy. Your sons and daughters will be righteous. Your sons and daughters will have integrity. Your sons and daughters will break the curse. Did you hear what I said? Your sons and daughters will rise up and give you a reason to be proud. Your sons and daughters will be educated and holy. If I'm talking about your children, you need to be the first cheerleader. Hallelujah. Your sons and your daughters 
will declare the word of God. Hallelujah. Not Bible thumping bunch of Pentecostal crazies. They will stand with the intelligence of the day and they will speak to their generation. And their peers and their teachers will question why they are different. There's something different about you. They will tell you in the parent-teachers meetings, they will tell you there's something different about your child. And that'll open up the door to tell, to tell them, I trained them up in the way that they should go. <laughs> your sons and daughters will not have to be bailed out of jail. Am I talking to anybody here? Somebody say, not my child. Your sons and daughters will never see the inside of a police car. I, I, I should have got a better, a, a, a better affirmation. Your sons and daughters will never see the inside of a police car unless they are driving it. <laughs> yes, God. And some of our young people in this church are driving police cars. I don't hear you here and they will not die in the line of duty we declare it in the name of Jesus <laughs> we will not have to go down and identify the body of our children we will never have to pull a sheet back to see if that's our son or daughter they will not die on the street. They will not die at the hand of the authorities. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God's going to raise up some authority that will cover our children. Every police officer is not our enemy. There are some police officers that are taking care of our children and making sure nothing happens to them. Yes, I said it. Pastor, I don't believe you said that. I said it. Because we're not going to let the sound bites pollute our minds. One bad apple doesn't spoil the whole bunch. And we're praying for the police. That God would protect them. That God would reveal the evil ones. And that the righteous, strong ones would stand up. serve and protect we will not bury our youth we will not we will not have our children die before us we will plead the blood of Jesus over them we will cancel sickness over them we will plead a hedge of protection around them we will ask God to assign angels over them to keep them in all of their ways. You better hear what I'm saying. You, we parents are going back to praying every morning for our children. Grease them down with anointed oil before they leave. Pray over their pillows before they lay their head down. Walk from room to room and cast every devil down. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, we're going to be that kind of fanatical Christian where our children are going to hear us praying in the wee hours of the morning. They're going to hear tongues coming out of the bedroom. They're going to hear songs being sung. Y'all don't hear what I'm telling you. Our children will tell their children about us, about how sanctified my mother was, how holy my father was. I don't hear anybody here. Your sons and daughters. Is this the scriptures? Is this the book? Your sons and your daughters are going to declare the love, the word, the will of God. They're going to go to school and they're going to have their classmates in awe. 
when they go through talking about, hey, hey, Jesus loves you, man. Hey, y'all want to have prayer in the cafeteria? Hey, we're going to go outside to the football field and during lunch we're going to pray together. I don't hear anybody. We're going to let the bullies laugh at us. We're going to let those people mock us as we represent Jesus. We're going to talk about Jesus on the campus. Yeah, Jesus on the campus. Amen. They're having, they're, they're, they're having satanic meetings on the campus. They're having Satan worship clubs on the campus. Yeah, we're going to counteract that thing, boy. We're going to bring our Bibles. And we're going to sit there and we're going to break bread. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about the word. We're going to cause other young people that don't know him to wonder what we're doing. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And this is an all-inclusive prophecy that God gives to Joel. He says, and your old men shall continue to dream dreams. Meaning that just because you get old, it don't mean that you're burnt out. Yeah. There's still a purpose for the 50 and over. There's still a purpose for those with an AARP card. There's still a purpose for those with their social security. Oh God, there's still a reason for the 50 plus. And God has given us the wisdom. God has given us the sobriety to sit and counsel the generations under us. They need our wisdom. He called the young because they're strong. But he called the old because we know the way. Let the OGs give God some praise here. Let the OGs give God praise. You better hear us. White hair, dyed hair, covered hair, no hair. We're still viable. We're still needed. And we're still powerful. You want to get through, you want a prayer, find an elder. And the elders of the church will pray the prayer of faith. <laughs> oh, y'all just, just old. You better thank God we're old. Because it's our age that's helping you get through. We pray the prayers in the midnight hour about things you are just about to experience. We've already been through the water. We've already been through the flood. We've already been through the fire. And now we are washed in the blood. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Don't let, don't let the devil talk to you, OG. Don't let the devil make you think your time has passed, OG. Baby, this is our time. We're still dreaming dreams. We're still seeing God work. We're still talking about what he did. Because we know if he did it before. Where you at? 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 We're talking about things that young people have never seen. We're talking about experiences that young people haven't had yet. We're talking about some sobriety that young people are just getting. And the bottom line is if we act like we want to be young again, we're fools. I embrace my age. Not only do I look good for my age, I feel good for my age. I am good for my age.
Y'all about to make me go street in here. Yeah. About to lose my mind up in here. I'm trying to tell you. And we let the devil talk to us. We let the devil talk to us. Well, you know, it's a young people's day now. And uh, you know, the pastor said we done had our day. And, and then now the, the young, uh, we just going to let the young people do it. Because, you know, they don't need us anymore. I'm not, I'm not necessary anymore. And you better tell that devil he's a lie. <laughs> fix your weave. Fix your wig. Get yourself together. Shave your head. Manicure your beard. Put on your best suit. Step out like you going somewhere. I don't hear you, anybody. Put on your glad rags. Let them look at you and wonder, oh, what's that? This is what age looks like. I ain't wearing no whip, whip jeans. I'm not wearing no sagging pants. This is what age, sobriety, this is what maturity, confidence looks like in the last day. Old people going and buying ripped up jeans. Somebody need to put a switch to you. When we was young, if your jeans was ripped, it meant you was poor. Did you hear me? Did you hear me, Luke? If we was, when we was your age at 16, 17, walking around with, with, with bags, sand, sand, pants sagging, you'd get so whooped, pulling pants up from what you showing your behind. Pull. You want to show? I wish we would have. We had something called mothers and fathers. Y'all may not know about that. We had mothers and fathers. That when the father walked in the house after a day's work, he ain't had to say nothing. Him walking in made everybody. And it wasn't fear, it was respect. I didn't fear my father, I respected my father. And when you heard that door open about six o'clock, you knew everything better be in place. That food better be on that table. Your hands better be washed. Cause when he sat down at the table, the whole family sat. Wasn't no eating in your bedroom. Excuse me for being an old man right now, but I'm loving every bit of it. Wasn't no eating in your bed. You ate in your bedroom when you were sick. When you had the flu, they brought soup into, but when you were able to eat more than soup, you got your behind up, washed up and came to the table. When you were sick, you had soup and Vicks vapor rub that they would put on your chest, under your nose and take a handful and put it in your mouth until you swallow. Anybody ever swallow Vicks vapor? We should have been dead by now. God takes care of babies and fools. I just wanted y'all to raise your hand because some people think I'm making this stuff up. Take, take a little bit of sugar, put it on a spoon and drop some turpentine on it. Anybody ever do that? Now you island people, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking. My mother did that. She's from Harlem. She didn't know what she was doing. She put some sugar in a teaspoon of turpentine. Not a couple of drops. She put sugar in it and gave it to me. Read the bottle and said not to be ingested. Had to rush me to the emergency room. Because I should have been dead and gone. 
should have been dead. You've been better than good to me. We had something, we had something that qualifies us to talk to you in these last days. Sit at the table and everybody sitting, your mama serving plates. Your dad sitting at the head of the table, nobody puts a fork in the plate. You sat there at attention, hands washed, face washed, and you waited. No matter how hungry you were, you waited. You sat there salivating. Unless he made liver, you didn't want that. But you had to eat every bit of it. There was never a day you could say, I don't want that. You might have got as far as I don't. And then when you woke up, I we had parents, we had parents. We had a mother and a father. But daddy, I don't. And you woke up with an ice bag on your head. That's child abuse. Oh my God, that's he's talking about child abuse. No, it's called sparing the rod and spoiling the child. Well, pastor, this is, this is the 21st century. You'll go to jail. No, no, I'll go to jail so my children don't go to jail. Talk about me tomorrow if you want to. That's why I'm leaving this church. He, he, he's, he, he promotes child abuse. No, I promote child correction. Like a parent's supposed to do. I don't know how I got off the subject. Parents don't tolerate kids talking back. You don't have enough money to talk back. You don't have enough sense to talk back. You don't have enough life experience to talk back. And you may not have a lot of life if you talk back. I'm not talking about me killing you. The Bible said you got to obey your parents and the Lord. So your days may be long. That scripture ain't changed. I'm, I don't want to do it. I don't. I, I'm, I'm having, I'm having some some twitches at the thought of my child ever saying, I don't want, I need somebody to catch me. I'm about to fall out. I don't want to. Nobody asked you about your wants. I told you what you gonna do. Not gonna going to and in the words of my mother and if I say it again she never had to finish that who am I offending in this room because I'm not anywhere near finished Well, you know, my children are so well-mannered. I don't have to raise my voice. And that's good. Write that book because we need that book. And, and honestly, you may have had, because there are some children that are no problem at all. A few of those anomalies around. There, there, there are some children that are no problem. You can just say, Sammy, didn't I tell you? Yes, Mom. I've never seen one of those endangered species. But I heard that they do exist. Amen. I, I saw a Bengal tiger on television. I've never seen a Bengal tiger in my life, but I, I saw that they do exist. But you, as elders, we cannot abdicate our role. We cannot abdicate our role. Amen. To this day, I tell my sisters and nieces and nephews, don't bring your children over here because I whips children. 
our whips. Some of y'all say whoops, our whips children. My little great nephew came up to me once. Hey, punk. Swapper. He's on the floor saying, you hit me. Get up, try that again, try it again. Say, hi, Uncle Donnie. Hi, Uncle Donnie. All right, go and sit down. Go sit down. How many did I offend with that one? I'm not even halfway finished. I want you, I want you to understand. The young people need the discipline. I'm, I'm not talking about this. They need a set of rules to follow because in a minute they won't be young anymore. I don't hear anybody. In a minute they will not be young. Remember we were just young yesterday. I looked at a picture of me at 19 with a head full of hair and that time went by like that. Amen. They will not be young always, and if we don't teach them now, they will never learn, or they will learn at the wrong hands. Am I taking too long? Yeah, I am, I am, I am. Your old men shall dream dreams, meaning that there's still a need for us. We're not tolerated, we are needed. These young people wouldn't be able to make it without us. Because we got answers to some of their questions. We've got the ability to help them in life. Where else they gonna dig into the pants and their hands in the pockets of? Their hands are in our pockets. All the time. We pay them for stuff that just crazy. Amen. We giving our kids credit cards. Knowing good and well that we messed up, we, we grown and can't have a credit card. We grown and still pay, paying the basic minimum payments. You give your kid a credit card, it's like Christmas every day. Y'all saw that video of the boy that spent $40,000 on games? And his mother and father whooping him in. They were, whooping him. they were beating him. They were pounding him. He spent $40,000, 14 years old, spent $40,000 on games. Now, they shouldn't have whooped him. Somebody should have grabbed them and whooped them. What you expect a 14-year-old to do that's got, a, that's got an endless credit limit on a card that he doesn't have the maturity to handle? What you think he gonna buy with that credit card, Brussels sprouts? You think that he gonna buy encyclopedias and, and Shakespearean books and tomes? Where you going, Joseph? Wrong time to move, boy, wrong time. I'm trying to tell you, we are still significant. I gotta end, I have gotta end. We are still significant. Don't you dare let the devil talk to you. The generations need you. And they need you to be committed and faithful. Right now, the young people are more faithful than the elders in this church. Oh, I lost the amens now, huh? You dirty bunch. Right now, the young people are more dedicated to this ministry. They're bugging their parents to get here on time. I can look out amongst the audience right now every week. I know that the young people are going to be here. They ain't sitting up somewhere talking about, well, I think I'll just watch it today. I'm just going to watch it on my, on my smart device. I, I don't have to go there in order to be in the church service. I can just sit here in my, in my underwear and, and, and drink some tea and and watch it. Oh wait, is Bishop Jake's on? I'll go to Bishop Jake's first, then I'll come back over here. And then I'm... 
These young people are breaking their necks to be in the ministry. I'm going to stop in a few seconds. But while I got a few more to go, these, these kids are a, a boon to this church. I know that I can come in on a Sunday or a Wednesday and see one, two, three, four. Stand up, all four of you. Stand up. No, he's taking notes. Now, that, now, now come, come, come here. Come here, boy. Come here. Come here, boy. Come, come, come here. The reason why he was slow to move is because he's taking notes. He brings me notes of my sermons after the service is over. And I'm reading those notes almost in tears saying, oh Jesus. He's writing them. He's not, he's not sitting down on a computer. He's writing them in, in handwriting. He uses something called a pen. And he writes it on something we call paper. How old are you? How old are you? How old are you? Ten? Ten. See, every now and then you just gotta slap him in the head. <laughs> Jeremiah's ten years old. This is what I'm go, go back to your seat. Go on. Keep taking on those. This is what I'm talking about. I can depend on them. I can look out into this congregation every week. See him sitting with a mask on and his little soon-to-be dreads. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Every week I can see him. He's going to be on this side every single week. Now I'm looking back into the media booth and look at the turn on. Y'all just turn on. Look at him. Look at these boys. 17, 22, running things. Running things. 15. Stand up. Stand up, you little nappyhead boy. Stand up. These boys are back here. They got us around the world. These boys have us on around the world. Yeah. That's it, girl. I'm trying to take this camera back here to this sideshow Bob hair looking by. Looking like Sasha Bob from The Simpsons. Can y'all get a good picture of this? This is Tristan. He is one of the most faithful young men in this church. He's 16 years old. Oh, 17, excuse me. He's 17 years old. He's got a counterpart by the name of Brandon that's not here today. They run this show. These black boys run this show. I don't hear y'all. Stand up. He's running the show with them. He's a part of the media team. Y'all, please excuse me. We done already praised him today. Now I'm just in my swag right now. Ah, uh, old men dreaming dreams. Old men dreaming them dreams. Yeah, boy. Dreaming them dreams. Every week, you hear. Every, look how grown you are, my nephew. That's my nephew. Stand up. That's my great nephew. And you're getting tall too, Jesus. You better come as soon as service is over, come and talk to me. You, you got it? And if anybody tells you you can't, you'll say, that's my Uncle Donnie. Jesus' name. 
Stand up, stand up, Mackenzie. And, and she got the nerve to throw her hair backwards. This girl was born here doing this. Uh, Y'all, please forgive me. I'm just talking about old men dreaming dreams. Stand up, Zara. She was singing in praise and worship at 14 and 15 years old when she wasn't supposed to be. She was too young. Too young. And she was singing in praise and worship and carrying on. Now she's a college student. You can't tell her nothing. No, no, no. She's a saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled college student. my preacher this is Camden he moved down to Nashville but this boy every Sunday since he was two years old would be here preaching while I'm preaching he would make sure that he had a suit and tie on every service he had a microphone and his, got it in there? He had a microphone and his towel. And while I'm preaching, he's going, preaching up his song. Now he does his own little podcast preaching. Our sons and our daughters. Y'all trying to make me cry. Y'all trying to make me cry. And this is just some of the young people, some of them. We have been blessed. Stand up, Bishop. This is my Bishop. This, this is my Bishop. His brother is the Archbishop. This is Bishop Daniel. Glory to God. He is called by God. Called by God. Bishop Bishop. Um, what I'm trying to do is show you that there is a growth in this church. Come on, keep up with me. Keep up with me because I'm... I'm on a roll, I'm on a roll. Yeah, I'm on a roll, I'm on a roll, I'm on a roll. Stand up, boy, taller than me. This boy was up to my hip. Now I'm up to his shoulder. This is the most faithful young man. Sit right here. This is Aaron. This is Josiah. During the pandemic, these boys were 12 and 13 and 14 years old. And they were running the whole entire feeding. They organized how to bring the food up from the basement where the stations were. Little Rick was here last week. It's just amazing. They took over. And they will do it consistently because it is their heart. This is what I'm talking about. Sit down. Go sit down. You, you. But you wanted, you wanted to stand up too? Did you want to stand up? Are you sure? Are you positive? 
Come on, the three of you, stand up. Stand up, the three of you. I want, I, I want you to get them because, you know, they, they kind of make sure you get them. I, to, to turn this way. Look at that camera. Look at the camera. The camera right there. No, no, no. Look at the camera. Look at the camera. Look at the camera. Look at the camera. It's my, you, you two stand up too with your, all of your hair. You kind of. Now, everybody, look at the camera right there. We was talking a lot about the guys. These are the daughters, sons and daughters. Stand up, Thorntons. Oh, my God. These boys been here for so long, it ain't funny. I'm, these are the sons of the church. I got to stop. We're going to go home. Sit down. And y'all haven't done what I asked you to do yet. So I'm going to tell you, tail up. I'm going to tell you up. This is what I'm talking about. This is the hope of our generations and our church. Amen. This is the hope of our church. I will end with this, and we've already had our Pentecostal moment. But in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters. Oh, look at you. Your sons and your daughters. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon your manservants and your handmaidens, he said, no matter what culture or class, I will pour out my spirit on them. Whether you're rich or poor, I will pour out my spirit upon them. And that's what we're seeing happening now. I'm serious about this. Serious, girl. What is your name? Missy? Missy, I'm serious about this. You little beauty, you little beauty, little punum you. I'm serious about this. I saw you up there praying with them. How old are you? 18 years old. What is your name? Hmm? Zariah. Bless you, sweetheart, darling. You are God sent. You are God sent. And who, now who are these, who are these boys? Twins? Stand up, twins. Y'all, y'all both look like the same thing. What are your names? Sean and Dorian. You all are exact replicas. So that means for the rest of your life, you guys are going to be together. Stay together. God's going to use you. I'm over here. Yeah, yeah. Wonder where I went? I'm over here. How old are you? 16? All right, you know. How old are you? What? Are you serious? You're 42? You look like you're 18. your daughter your mother has a gun she didn't tell you she's got a gun and she's gonna use the gun if she needs to so you can't have a boyfriend until you're 42 your sons and your daughters shall prophesy before the school year starts, 
which is in just a couple of weeks, we are going to have a summit meeting. In August, we're going to have a summit meeting, or maybe September the 1st. We're going to have a summit meeting, and we're going to teach some basic apologetics. That's just a big word of teaching them how to address today's situations. And we're going to empower them. And we're going to teach them right from wrong. And we're going to let them know that should anything go wrongly, because they stand up for the right, they have a whole church behind them. 